but I was about six shots in before like my first attempt and deadlifts. Oh yeah. At, at this meet. Oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Are I you... even asked, I think I asked two different judges. I was like, are you sure I won't fill a drug test if I drink alcohol? <laughs> and they're like, no, you're good. All right. Another shot. And I realized how this sounds like maybe I have a drinking problem. I really don't. <laughs> After I pulled 551, like I knew I was done. I'm like, I'm proud. I'm happy with that. And Chris goes, you got two minutes and you're going for the world record. Drink some more whiskey. Gives me the bottle, throw it back. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the future is female powerlifting. A show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or a message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. We are on episode 72, and I am stoked today to feature my friend, Miss Christy Hoffmeyer Chapel. She just got married, so her, na- her name is Chapel now, and it's like weird for me because she's always Christy Hoffmeyer. Um, she is a badass lifter out here in Alabama who I've got, I didn't realize, and I figured out through this podcast that I've been watching her pretty much compete since I moved here, which is amazing because I've seen her blossom into this phenomenal lifter um, through COVID, and she talks really about a lot of this. Many times in our episodes uh, when I'm interviewing somebody, I'm not really sure where it's going to go. And I was so happy that Christy shared with us today um, her own personal struggles with her health and how having, you know, Hashimoto's from high school, from a high school age and an autoimmune disease and several other little autoimmune difficulties and, and health issues that has came up over the years, how she's had to deal with that and how she still trains and still tries to um, live her life, you know, even with these things going on. You got to listen because it is hilarious. Chrissy is so funny in her own subtle way. Um, she just cracks me up. And if that intro did not already hook you into the kind of person she is, you got to stick around and listen to it. And this episode, of course, is brought to you by my gym, Core Strength and Performance, where we live through strength. And if you are looking for somebody to help you, to help guide you with your online training, if you don't have anybody, maybe you're just doing books or trying to do it on your own and you're just not getting where you need to, set up a call with me. Let's talk about it. I'd love to train you and see if we can work together. Um, Our online training is available as well as in person. Visit core256.com. And remember, if you're listening take a screenshot, send it to me on Instagram, um, tag me in it. If you're wearing any of our apparel, we just got our flags, our Futures Female Powerlifting flags up. So go to my website, um, uh, thefuturesfemalepowerlifting.com and you'll find uh, where you can pick that all up. You can even find us in our Instagram and some links back there. But if you have anything, you're wearing it, tag, tag me in it. You know, I love to share that. I love the support. Uh, when you guys buy stuff like this, it helps me, right? Because I ain't really making money on this. this. is something that I just love to do. But it helps me be able to sponsor events and do different things where I can get the word out and I can be at different events, um, which is awesome. And I'd love to share that experience with all of you. Don't forget, if you're on iTunes, um, send us a rating. Go give us a four-star, four-star, five-star rating. Don't give me a four Well, if you feel like I need a four star, then go ahead and give me a four star. Um, but, you know, give us a rating. Tell me what you think of the show and how it's helped you. I always like to share that on the show as well as with our guests. 
All right, let's get it started with Christy. I didn't know you had so much other like things going on that you were trying to sort through. Um, yeah, I actually, um, a, a friend of, well, I say a friend of mine, um, someone that Chris used to coach made a post yesterday, I think. And she was talking about how she had just been diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And I was like, hold the phone. Um, and she was just naming all these issues that she's been dealing with for years and they could never find any solution. And, um, I sent her this message and I'm like, just so you know, I was diagnosed when I was 14. Um, you know, I, and all of the side effects that come with that and the insomnia and the mental instability and the, I mean, even like the reproductive system side effects. Um, I, like I've been dealing with that my whole life and that's been a struggle for me, even in sports, in like relationships, everything. So, um, yeah, I guess when I sent her that message, she was like, I had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, I guess a lot of people kind of su- suffer in silence for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's so many people, I feel like now, especially with the autoimmune diseases, which Hashimoto's is, I'm sure you've heard of it before. Yeah. Um, but I was actually diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis the first, like in March of this year. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm 29 years old at the time. I do like, there's no way I have been an athlete my whole life. I don't eat like crap. If I eat at all, like it just doesn't make any sense. And started taking this medication where I have to give myself a shot every eight weeks. And I'm like, well, here we are. I'm on four medications now. I got to take a shot. Can't wait to see myself in 10 years. Like this is just so rad. Um, and you know, I just reached a point where I was like, I can't, I gotta, there's gotta be another way. So I feel like that's a big thing with auto people with autoimmune is that they do suffer in silence. Cause from the outside, nobody really can tell, right? Like unless you have some sort of like skin, uh, condition related to autoimmune, you just look normal. And I use air quotes with that. Right. And my sister-in-law had Hashimoto's Let's see. She had it. I don't know if she still has Hashimoto's. It was a while. Um, and she actually associated a lot of her totally off track, but associated hers with uh, her breast implants. Interesting. So a few years after she got it, she started getting all these unusual symptoms. Um, didn't really associate it with her breast implants till years later. She removed them a year and a half ago and has almost no symptoms, no arthritis, no pain. She still has some like little things, but the energy is all there. She goes, I would just be exhausted all the time. Like, oh yeah. And, uh, she's like, I mean, I'm like a different person. Like it's just totally different for her. Um, but which is interesting, right? So her body, she feels like her body was fighting the the implants and, and the autoimmune came from that. Um, but damn, dude, I didn't know because I mean, listen, you're a badass lifter. <laughs> so you've been going through all of this and, and just imagine like anybody who I know who has arthritis usually does better because they lift. If they don't lift, it tends to be worse uh, and the pain mm-hmm. tends to be higher. So how did, so you played sports throughout your whole life and mm-hmm. then 
how did you come to discover that this was part of it? Like you just started having like weird symptoms when you're in high school or did it start early on and then you just kind of like figured it out and went to doctors? Um, so I was a, I played softball growing up and then in high school I did tennis and volleyball. Um, didn't want to do three sports. That was just too much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, like I was very active. I was practicing even when I wasn't supposed to be practicing. Like I devoted my life to sports and in ninth grade between ninth and 10th grade, like that summer, I mean, we have two a day workouts. Yeah. So I gained probably about 35 pounds in two months and it was so dramatic and just kind of out of nowhere that, you know, I got stretch marks on my stomach and just, and I'm like, I look like I've had a kid and I'm in fixing to go into 10th grade. So, um, I went to the doctor and he was like, yeah, Hashimoto's of course, when you're in 10th grade, you're like, okay, don't know what that means, but whatever. (laughs) Um, and there was no like, here's what you can do to help with that. It was just, here's medication, take this, come back in six months, we'll do blood work. And that's been, I mean, my, my whole life. But at the time I didn't have obviously all the symptoms that I have now, but I just feel like the accumulation of, you know, going to college and having poor eating habits and, you know, not getting enough rest and all these things just continue to feed this thing that I didn't really have any idea how crazy it, could be or turn into. And, um, I mean, kind of don't think about it at a certain point. You're like, well, I'm just taking this medication. And people are like, why are you taking this medication? I don't know. The doctor said to take it. Mm. Not sure if it's doing anything. Um, but funny enough was actually, so before I started powerlifting, which was in August of 2017, um, Oh my gosh, he just started powerlifting when I moved here. Five years ago, actually, yeah, two months ago was five years. Wow. Um, and I, before that I was doing MMA training and I had like been training to a fight. Like I was fixing to go to Jackson, Mississippi, and I was going to do this fight. And my grandmother who I lived with at the time was, I knew she had cancer. Like we had learned that early on, but earlier in the year of, um, 2012, which is actually when I started the MMA, she passed away. And so it was just like, I didn't know how to deal with those emotions. And at the time I was trying to do this trip to Australia and, uh, she left me the money to do it. I mean, it wasn't a cheap trip and I had never, at the time I had never been on a plane. I had never left. I'd gone to the beach. Like that was as crazy as it got. Wow. And I'm like, I'm about to get on a plane. I'm about to fly from Birmingham to LA by myself. Then I'm going across the ocean and I'm going to be with strangers. And so I did that instead of fighting, obviously, because who wouldn't. And (laughs) I feel like that was literally the changing point in my life where I was like, wow, the world is so much bigger. All these problems that I think I have, like I went to Fiji and these people are running around with no shoes on and they're so freaking happy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't have cell service. Like, what a loser. Yeah. (laughs) It is is so true. It really is. When you see, like, just the perspective you get from being around. I mean, you don't even have to go to a third world country to just see that. You know, you're around people who 
have less than you, but it's like they have so much more. Like they're just happier in the relationships are more genuine. And I was like, I want that. So when I came home, I was like, gun ho. Um, I'm all into recycling now. Like I'm all about experiences and um, things were great for a while. And then I started, um, I did yoga and all that for a while. And I was probably a hundred pounds less than I weigh now, which is really crazy to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started, we can say bodybuilding. The eating part wasn't necessarily, I was just in there doing accessories and movements and um I played around with the Olympic lifting. And then this guy that was going to our gym one day was like, you are really strong for a girl. Everyone's favorite, right. everyone's favorite. Slogan, <laughs> right. Right? And I'm like, wow, thanks. And he's like, I used to power lift. You should totally look into it. And this was like early 2017. And at the time, there was one power lifter I followed on Instagram and I don't remember her name. I just remember her Instagram was one strong nurse or. Yeah. One strong doc. Uh, maybe. No. Red, is she a redhead? No, she was a super heavyweight. She had dark hair. I just remember her being a nurse and I can't remember her name, but I had such a skewed conception of powerlifting. Like I don't want to be just overweight and strong. Like that's not attractive to me. Right. And so I kind of ditched the idea, like, no, which is terrible, like, to think about it now, to even feel like I had to feel that way. Yeah. Um, and to just take away from someone else's efforts because of how they look. That's so shitty. Um, but, I think we've I mean, all kind of gone felt- through that, too, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in our own, like, projecting our own insecurities, you know, and and have done that. I've totally done that. I've actually just had a conversation about this last night. It's kind of funny, but yeah, I don't think that it is what it is, right? It was a part yeah. of it was a part of how you got to where you're at now. Yeah, and I like growing up my whole life um I felt like my parents were always I was always kind of picked on because I was never like the attractive popular kid like I was athletic but I didn't look like all the other athletes. And, you know, I, I just didn't do the typical things, the stereotypical athletic going to parties, doing all that. Like that was never my thing. Um, and so my parents, I feel like growing up, I remember being in pageants and, uh, you know, just they would make comments about my weight or maybe like that wasn't, I didn't necessarily fit in with the pageant girls and you just hear shit like that from your parents and you grow up and you're like, well, I'll never be good enough. You know, like I got to look this certain way. So, um, I actually didn't take on powerlifting until I was in this relationship with this guy who I could have swore was gay with like which is fine, but like you don't want to be dating someone who you're like, uh, are you really into girls? Or right, um, <laughs> he wasn't. Turns out he wasn't. Um, but we broke up, and he was cheating on me with this powerlifter. Um, and I was like, she ain't nothing. Like I could be way better than that. Terrible reason to start powerlifting, <laughs> but here we are. So. <laughs> I was like, I'm hiring a coach, I'm a nutrition coach, 
And I'm about to go out there and I'm going to make Kurt just look silly. Yes. <laughs> and the pettiness in me is very it. happy for you right now. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> Woke me would not say that, but past me is like, yes. <laughs> I was like gun ho about it too. Like I was yeah. going to work. I had my food prepped. I was drinking um, rich pianos all day. You may, which is like, I was just one of those stereotypical, I'm going to be powerlifter people. Like the, the starter pack. The starter that pack. Was me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was wearing knee wraps. I didn't even know how to wrap them. I didn't even know what they did. I was just like, this looks cool. <laughs> so throw some Gina Aversa. <laughs> do you know Gina Aversa? Gina Aversa, she used to be, she still holds records. Um, her, she had half wolf training was like her coaching thing. Yes. That's yes. I know who you're talking about. She, she worked for feed me, fight me for a while. And she just kind of like fell off the map. So, oh, I don't know if that's the same person I'm thinking of. Okay. What about her? So you started with her really strong. Yeah. And I was like, okay, she's reasonable. Uh, she looks good. She's really strong. This is a good starting point. And she was doing my nutrition and my coaching and my very first meet, she only coached me like through the peak, I guess. And my very first meet I did USAPL. I had no clue what I was doing at this meet. I didn't know what a gear check-in was and USAPL. You have to check in that morning. Yeah. And at the time I was, in the 90, so I was about one, right at the 198 level. So I was pushing super heavyweight, but um, I think I weighed in less than that. And I won best lifter. I pulled like, I think it was 402 or something in my first meet. And not to take away from anyone else there, but I was like, wow, like, I'm pretty strong compared to everyone else that's here. Maybe I am pretty good at this. And my dad is just, he was a rugby player. So he's just like, oh, yeah. and I definitely got the bone structure from my dad. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like small and petite and my dad's like this. And, uh, Hey, it works. <laughs> it works. It, you know, it's done me well. And, after that, I kind of, um, I tried a couple of different coaches and I was in the gym every day, seven days a week. Wow. Don't recommend. Right. Um, got, got hurt a time or two. And I mean, it wasn't until I made kind of some progress, but it wasn't until I started like working with Chris that it was just like a whole new persona of powerlifting. Yeah. I, and so like, I feel like once you y'all, I mean, once you started tra- training with Chris, Chris Lantini is who we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah. Like everything skyrocketed. So when did you start working with Chris? So I, um, I moved to Birmingham in 2018, like April ish. And I started going to flex and that's where I actually met Chris. And I, I, didn't really have a coach for a while, but I would kind of like ask him questions and stuff. And you look at Chris and you're like, okay, well, this guy's obviously got a little help, if you know what I mean. But right. he's strong anyway, either way. Right. Uh, so I would kind of pick his brain a little bit. And then one day he said, you know, if you ever if you ever want some coaching, let me know. 
And so I feel confident in saying that I was the first female that he ever coached. Um, and I worked with him for a little bit, but then I met Alex. So my a friend of mine was going to Diamond K. Mm. And I would go with him on Fridays, and Alex was conveniently there every time I go. Alex, my husband now. Um, and I like slowly started going to Diamond K more. And so I really liked that one-on-one working with a coach. It's just so much different than the internet. I mean, mm. virtual coaching is great too. I'm not discounting that, but I just really like the hands-on because I can be very stubborn. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I just, so I started working with Les because I was at Diamond K and I worked with Les for a while. And then I left and went back to Flex. I just really liked the environment there. It was just kind of like grungy. Um, and I, I, I just like that more than, you know, cleaning the bars every time and like being careful what you say and you can only play certain music. And like that works for a lot of people. But for me, like I cuss and I like to drink beer and I like to listen to music that maybe isn't suited for everyone. So <laughs> Went back to Flex, and I think I started working with Chris again maybe towards the end of 2018, so I didn't leave him for very long. Um, But it wasn't until COVID. I hate that word. Um, (laughs) That it really changed for me because we Flex was shut down. I was sent home to work from home, which was just a disaster in itself. Um, and so we didn't have a gym. Like we, they gave us a couple of days heads up and they're like shutting you down. Flex is moving elsewhere. Um, y'all got to get your stuff out. Yeah. And I remember Chris moving. I think the first week he moved all of the equipment into his work, like to his shop and they were going to his shop. Well, I couldn't just leave work at two 30 when they trained and go meet them and work out. So I worked out at home for a while. I actually a week that didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> and then he moved his stuff to a, um, storage shed. Like it was a small unit storage shed. It was so small that everything was put in there like a Tetris puzzle. And you had to like, you know, yeah go around things like, okay, I'm going to deadlift. I'm going to do this. And then you do your bench rep. Okay. We'll just work it out together. I mean, it was so small. I saw those videos and I remember thinking, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Like I understand (laughs) having a small location. Our place is only 800 square feet. Chris has been there before. And I can't imagine shoving all that equipment in something (laughs) half that size, you know, that is really like a storage shed. Um, And, but you guys all got it done. And it, it, it seemed so like, I don't know, almost nice because you guys are all squished together. <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of intimacy, I would say, in that in that environment. Yeah, you gotta you either gotta like each other or don't and yeah. just be okay with it because you're right on top of each other, you're breathing on each other. <laughs> and that only lasted for a few days because they told us we couldn't loiter, right? So oh. I told him, I'm like, I have this small basement, but a full finished, well, small garage, full finished basement. We're not really using it. Y'all can bring your stuff over here and work out here. Like I'm, I'm at home every day. So, and it was at that point that it all just kind of like 
a switch flipped because I had never had the opportunity to work in a group with people. Like I would come in as he was leaving and he would stay for a little bit and kind of, you know, watch me bench or whatever, but we never got to work together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a coach by any means. I don't know. Like I couldn't write a program for someone, but I know enough about powerlifting and how different things work to have a decent amount of knowledge And so when we started training together, I would take my computer downstairs and work in with them, go do the work, work in with them. (laughs) And we did that for several months until we got our first place, which I'm pretty sure I think was also 800 square feet or very close to it. And I mean, I was hitting, it's the first time I hit over 200 on bench. Wow. Um, well, I know. I feel like I was chasing that number forever, and bench is it's just not my lift. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, you, not everybody's going to be all three, and you're benching weak. You know, you're at what two forty two. I feel like after five years, I should be further than that. But <laughs> you know, I am my worst critic too, and I, I Chris always gets on to me. He's like, "You're just way too humble," and I, I wouldn't say that I just like powerlifting for a lot of people is a place they can go and they can like unleash their anger or like it helps them just get things out that they couldn't get out otherwise. And for me, it was like fight or die. Like you got all these health issues going on. If I, if I don't train for a period of days, if I take a week off, I am in so much pain. Mm. And so it was like, I do this because one, I got to do it. But two, I really want to see, I remember someone telling me when I first started really getting into powerlifting that I would reach a point where I would get pretty strong, but then I would have to take, I would have to get help, you know, performance enhancement drugs to really be top of the line. Yeah. And that pissed me off. Like I don't discount anybody who uses those like, that is totally cool. But ever since then, I was like, I will never put anything in my body. And for all those people who say that you can't continue to grow, fuck you. Like I'm going to show you. Yeah. And so for me, it was just always like sit and watch. Yeah. Um, so when we opened our first gym, me and Chris, like we're like sick masterminds, like the stuff that we come up with. Most people are like, what in the hell is that? There were some things you guys did with like the, um, the reverse hyper that I had done and, but you guys had like taken it like up a notch. You're like, no, we're going to throw chains and bands and then face you the other way. And you're going to bend over. And like, I just started laughing cause I was like, but that's what you got to do when you don't have a lot of one tons and tons of equipment. Right. And yeah. you need, you want to have some variety and I do. Yeah. You guys have crazy exercise that you've came up with, but you're stupid strong. So you can, it looks good. You know, it doesn't look like it's a a shitty movement. You know, you guys are doing it well. Yeah. And we, that's the cool thing too, is like Chris as a coach, um, I'm not trying to sell him on here. I just really have to brag because he won as a coach and coaching female athletes. I can say, look, my P dogs in town, AKA ant flow is here. Like shit isn't going to go like I need it to. Yep. I'm not doing this today. And he's like, all right, cool. 
or I can like all of the health issues. I feel like since I've been with him, I've gone to doctor after doctor after specialist and it's just like failed because I just kept putting on weight and I would just get so discouraged. Like if I ever have to go back into work, I have no clothes to wear and I don't want to be a two X like why? And which, you know, whatever, who effing cares? Um, but I was just so disheartened and I could talk to him about that. And he would do research. Like I remember going to him not too long ago and saying, look, I have tried nutrition coach after nutrition coach. I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I don't know where to turn. I feel helpless. I feel like I'm out of control of my own body. And he was like reading books and looking up articles. And he's like, okay, well, let's try this and let's try this. Mm. Um, but the, you know, that's one of the many cool things about him, but also I can say, Hey, why don't we put a band on that and then do it this way? And let's just see what it does. And we'll try stuff out. And we're like, okay, I can see where that has a good carryover or we're like, Ooh, probably wouldn't We'll just ditch that one. Yeah. You know, come up with something else. But I think that's, what's led to, I mean, my success, especially because there's just so many crazy things that you don't typically see on a you know regular program if I was writing a program for myself I wouldn't do those things yeah I would never think of those things so um I, I mean just being able to work with him has been such it's been so powerful for me because it's like we're best friends now like he's just not my coach but I can really talk to him about anything um and I think I think that says a lot about your coach. And I know like you have, I'm going to get her name wrong. Quayla. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one that people always say that right before. <laughs> and she's so sweet. She and, is. you know, like I see, uh, you know, I've seen where she's mentioned, you know, how great you are as a coach. And I, I just think that your athletes and how they treat people and how they, you know, take on tasks really says a lot about who you are. And, sure. um, so, I, you know, I'm, coaching for me is a game changer. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing because <clears throat> I was looking up your numbers, right? So uh, we'll talk about them right here because I have them right here in front of me. And I thought it was freaking amazing. So your meet before this last one that she and I both competed in, we competed on different days, um, was February in Georgia, mm-hmm. drug tested winter classic, USPA meet. You had finished with four or you opened with 385 right and then this meet you opened with 418 <laughs> like like you opened <laughs> significantly higher um and all your numbers are pretty freaking amazing so your deadlift just in february you finished with 507 and this past meet you finished with 551 which was a world record wasn't it mm-hmm. Or you just missed so, it. I the my fourth attempt, the five seventy five or whatever would have been because right now it's five seventy three. But you know what? Fifty pound well, forty five pounds in however many months that is. That's crazy. I mean, that's almost it's over a hundred I mean it's like a hundred pound total PR. Your dots went from four four twenty four to four fifty two. Like that's crazy and you know not for nothing but you are natural (laughs) so i mean that's 
something that I think is pretty amazing considering you have all these like, you know, health things that would hold anybody else back. And, and I think that that's something, cause we've worked with a lot of people with different autoimmunes at our gym. And one of the biggest problems I would say for them is one, some sort of flare up or, and that flare up could be uh, several things, right? Whether that's pain, um, or exhaustion, like for days, you know? Um, so it's like, if you're dealing with all of that, <laughs> on top of all of this, it's really hard to be consistent with training and, and try to put the effort in that you do. Uh, so this is, I think it's amazing. I had no idea about all that. Um, and I really don't, one, I'm, I'm okay. You don't so tell people, I, I, right? <laughs> no, I don't ever, I don't ever really talk about it with anyone other than Chris or like my husband. Um, one, because people are dealing with so much like shit and way worse things than what I'm going through. I like, I don't need a pity party and just to continue being able to do what I do. Like I'm grateful for that. So, but that's also why I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who bitch and complain or like I'm, I I got compared to an onion yesterday. So if Liz ever listens to this, she'll probably laugh, but like I'm very protective of my group of people and um, our gym. Cause we've worked to build that gym. Like we painted it and knocked down walls, like did all of that. Yeah. And it's like a group effort. You know, Chris is like the mastermind, but it's a group effort. And so anytime someone new kind of comes in our circle, I got to fill you out. You know, like I'm, I'm probably not going to like come right off as super friendly. Yeah, yeah. no, like I, I have to fill you out. I got to see if I like your vibe. Can I trust you? Um, you know, like, are you just, I got to fill you out. And so it's, it's been a joke with everyone that has kind of joined our group. Like, yeah, I really didn't think you'd like me. And then, you know, like you grow on me and that's just how I am. And I think that too, I have a very small circle of people and I'm very protective of those people, but also didn't really have, anyone in my circle growing up, like it was just felt like me. Um, so, and so, yeah, I, I don't talk about it and I don't think, you know, I only expect to go up from here and I really have no idea the way that the meet went. I was very shocked one because a week before I got strep throat. Oh, that's right. And I was like, I got to treat this naturally because antibiotics don't do well for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I damn sure don't want to take antibiotics. So tried treating it naturally felt like we were getting better. And then I got bronchitis and I was like, I have three days until weigh-ins and I got like bad bronchitis. So went to the doctor, got put on some pretty intense antibiotics to kind of knock it out. So, and then I was dealing with a knee injury and this pain in the ass elbow issue that I've had forever. And I'm like, this is going to be a disaster, (laughs) but I got whiskey and I got ammonia and we're just going to make it work. (laughs) Like, and that's, that's literally like we practice how we play. And I always joke about that. And that should be a shirt. (laughs) I got whiskey and ammonia and we're going to do this. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we do. Like it's okay. I mean, we have a fridge and it's got beer, maybe water occasionally, but it's got beer. 
Everybody brings water it. if they want it. I mean, you don't need to keep water cold. <laughs> like if you want yeah. water, bring your own. <laughs> right. And it goes down faster when it's it's room temperature. Yes. So we got cold beer and we got whiskey. And if you're thirsty, that's what I can offer you. But also I tell everyone, I'm like, the best way to be a champion, take a big shot of whiskey before you deadlift. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're so crazy. I'm like, no, really. <laughs> I do it like after. I've heard people joke about it. Oh, well. I, it's I a celebratory it. thing. Like I'll do it afterwards. <laughs> I get really buzzed right away. Like it's, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. One little shot of whiskey. And I'm like, whew, it's great. It, and and I didn't even start, like Chris would joke around about doing it before we started lifting. And I'm like, no, but in the gym, we cut up and like, I'll crack a beer right when I get there. Yeah. Um, and I started doing it. So when I tested for this meet, it was like one of those weeks where you just want to crawl under a rock and you don't want to talk to anyone. And you're like, my life is literally on fire. Mm-hmm. And I went into the gym the day we were testing and I failed a 451, 450 something squat, but we jumped from 418 to 451 and I almost stood up with it, but I didn't want to, yeah. I was like trying to fight through it. And I'm like, I'm not going to fuck my back up. Just, you know, yeah. trying to test. So, um, got real emotional about that. And I'm like, I suck, you know, my own <laughs> words critic. Yeah. And then started drinking then. So I get to bench bench. Didn't go very well. Pro, a little too tipsy for bench. <laughs> then we get to deadlift. And at this point I'm like, I don't even care if I pull 500, I'll be happy. So I didn't even ask what was on the bar. I just went up, pulled it, came back. And Chris goes, I knew you were drunk when you pulled 534 and you, or 4, 485 or something without a belt. And then you went up 534, pulled it like it was 460 pounds. Wow. And then he put 551 on the bar and I pulled it. And then he told me afterwards and I'm like, okay, I'm not really a loser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But at the meet, like I was so that day, I was just so calm. And I've learned that I used to get really worked up for just competitions in general. And I'd be like, all right, come on, sniff the ammonia, get my music crunk up, like go out there fighting bull. And I've learned that I actually do better when I just chill out. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I need to warm up. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but I was about six shots in before like my first attempt. And deadlifts? Oh yeah. At at this meet? Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. Are I you... even asked I think I asked two different judges. I was like, Are you sure I won't fill a drug test if I drink alcohol? <laughs> and they're like, No, you're good. All right, another shot. Oh, I love it. I was yeah, how I was did I not know this? Like I don't know how I not know this. I don't either because I I honestly don't remember. I remember cutting up with Charlie and John. And they were like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't remember even what I said. I was like, yeah, I'm drunk. Like, as soon as we got through with the meet, they had beer waiting on me. Yeah. And I realized how this sounds like maybe I have a drinking problem. I really don't. I don't think <laughs> but, like, it is a part of our training. And after I pulled 551, like, I knew I was done. I'm like, I'm proud. I'm happy with that. And Chris goes, you got two minutes and you're going for the world record. And I'm like, no, nah, fam, like, it ain't coming up. <laughs> And he was like, drink some more whiskey. Gives me the bottle, throw it back. All right, let's do this. Everybody must have been knees. tripping. Like all the people around you are like, what is going on? This, is, this must be the magic sauce. I need to be doing this. I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you. <laughs> this is crazy, dude. Works for me, but. So you went up, yeah. what took 575, which I did not see. It got to my knees. Did it? Okay. And I knew it wasn't going to, like, I knew for sure that it wasn't going to come up. My back was just like toasted for the mm. day. Mm. Um, but he's like, we didn't come all the way here for you not to even try it. And I'm like, you're right. That's right. Go, go, go. All right, here we go. Slap me on the back. Sniff them on you. Go out there. Don't even know where I am at this point. I'm like, all right, here's where I got to pick it up. Cool. <laughs> and, I mean, it gets to my knees. And, then, you know, I was, I wasn't bummed or anything. I'm like, cool. I got it to my knees. Yeah, so, dude. That's crazy. Because I feel like it was just not that long ago that I posted that video of you pulling 500 and you were crying and then I cried and then other people watched it cry. You know what I mean? Like it was so emotional for you that I was super emotional watching you do it, but that was not that long ago. And here you are pulling 575, which is crazy up to your knees. Like that's coming up. Like that's happening. You know what I mean? That's happening. Yeah. uh, The, the plan is to, um, you know, the, the, thing I enjoy the most, I feel like I'm, if I run over time, just tell me to shut up. Cause I'll no, talk not at all. Yeah. Like this is a long form podcast. Like this is supposed to take as long as it needs to. Okay, cool. Um, I feel like every time we do a meet, we walk away and like this time, our actual peak was a little different. So we follow the Chico method, but with our own tweaks to it. Mm-hmm. And whatever we did this time was like, I don't remember what Chris called it advanced heavy or I don't know, but it was like this peak. I thought I was going to die. I'm like, Oh my God, everything hurts. Mm. This is terrible. And he's like, yeah, this is a different peak than what we normally do. Um, and obviously it worked, but every time we do a meet, we come back from it and it's like, okay, how do we execute this better? And what can we do? What can we incorporate that we haven't been doing? Like, what have we been missing? And to me, that's really where all the progress has been. Like we, it's not just, all right, well, we're going to do it again. We're going to pick another meet. Um, and so, you know, I don't plan on competing again until May at the drug tested, um, national. Yes. In Atlanta. Yeah. The shitty part is that's like right when I'm about to start my period and that's not ideal timing for a powerlifting competition, but Hey, you never know. Like, have you planned it out? You know, it could be like oh, a yeah. day or two. You know what I mean? By the time it gets six months out, it, it's actually at the beginning of the month instead of the end or whatever. I'm usually like within five days, but I can feel like my hormone levels change. Like I just feel worse, even, you know, like the last half of my cycle. Um, yeah. I think the follicular phase. Yeah. Um, I just feel like poop but you know then i tell myself i'm like this meat's gonna go bad and i'm like shut the f up like you don't know and you have fought through way worse like i went to the gym yesterday and i was like i am not deadlifting today you didn't get we got one day off okay from the meat and then that monday we come back and he's like here you go (laughs) slide right into it (laughs) everyone else is like oh how do we golf getting back into it and i'm like i'm still trying to recover and we've already started a new block with the new percentages and um i told him yesterday i'm like i'm not deadlifting and then i do this thing where i say i know my limits and he's like 
but do you really? And then I ended up deadlifting and he's like, thought you weren't going to deadlift. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I wasn't, but, um, <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's a everyday, my husband will tell me, so like, I'll tell, I'm very honest. I've always just been very honest and that works for a lot of people. And then it doesn't work for some people. So, you know, if I'm in the gym, I don't like people to count. If I'm doing something like I can count by my damn self, I don't need you to count for me. And some people don't know that. And I'll be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and my husband's like, you need to apologize. And at this point, I feel like I've apologized to Chris so much that now he's like, I'm not even reading your message. Like, whatever. <laughs> because it's just banter at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because if somebody counts for me, I'm like, you are so nice because I have no fucking clue what number <laughs> I'm on right now. Like, <laughs> I am just thinking about not dying in the moment. So if you're counting for me, I'm glad because if it's over two, I probably won't remember. Like, it's just not happening. <laughs> That's fair. And I, I feel like I don't know why I'm that way. I don't know if it's like, oh, you think I'm not going to do all my reps? I don't know why I'm like that. Yeah. That's just not weird. <laughs> I love it. Are you a Taurus? I'm a Gemini, actually. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out maybe. Well, I know some Geminis. My daughter's a Gemini. When's your birthday? May 26th. Oh, hers is the 25th. <laughs> yep. Hey, babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the part of the show where I ask everybody. What the hell is wrong with you people? <clears throat> what the hell? was I thinking where you think back to a time and I feel like you just knowing you might have some moments in powerlifting history where you did something and now you look back and think to myself what the fuck was I thinking doing that is there a time that you can think of there's quite a few and it's all it's all the same thing that I did oh. that I I do catch myself making fun of some people doing the same thing now but before I understood the mechanics of a deadlift, all right, like I had this unnecessary setup where I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I get all, and I'm like, <laughs> get all psyched up, go down. And you know, you have people who like, I don't want to knock something off the shelf, but you <laughs> did it anyway. Yeah. But they like swing their arms or they're like, <gasps> and then they pull themselves out of position. And that's what I would do. And looking back on it now, I'm like, you literally did everything to not help you pick up the weight. <laughs> I and did the same thing. <laughs> My husband would like, he's like, I'm not even going to watch you in the beginning. Because <laughs> it just annoys me so much that you screw your little feet in the floor. And it's like, and then screw the other. And then arms go out. And then they maybe they go up. Or <laughs> maybe they're making a fan of some sort. And then you go out of position to grab the bar. <laughs> it's like the point of all those moves, you know, a lot of those things were to keep your lats tight or get into a certain position. Yeah. I think it's funny. It's hilarious to me now. And I, when I see like newer lifters get into it and I feel like it's all part of the, well, this is how I feel like powerlifting should be. So, I, you know, everyone's doing all these things and they're like growling or yeah. I don't think I was ever noisemaker per se, <laughs> but I, I did do the unnecessary movements, but like the noise making and stuff, it's funny to me. And it, like, I'm, it works for some people, but I just think back and I'm like, and I see videos and I just, 
cringe. cringe. <laughs> yeah. Or like I would make this noise when I squat and I'd be like, Ugh! you know, at the top. Yeah. And now if people do that in the gym, I'm like, shut up. That is <laughs> That is counterintuitive to what you should be doing. You just blew all your hair out. How do you expect to stand up with it? So I guess the more advanced I get in understanding things, I look back and I'm like, oh, I just want to remove this image from my brain. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, and it works for certain people. I guess I, I'm like that. I'm not a very vocal, vocal lifter. I'm very, you know, I, I would say I'm just there. I do it. I almost wish I had a little bit more pizzazz to what I do because it's like, it's yeah. nice. you know what I mean? Like I'm almost like kind of a boring lifter to watch as somebody who's watching the lift. Like I get very amped up when I see people like pace back and forth and they're like, and I'm yeah. like oh shit, it's about to go down. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh fuck, that hypes me up. But it would be fake if I did it, you know, yeah. be, it would be totally weird and it wouldn't, it would take me out of whack. Like it, I would not be focused the way I should. So yeah, I think certain people who can make that happen and back it up, right? Like there are some people yeah. who can back it up. Um, but yeah, that's, it is funny, right? So we, I, I do coach like, Hey, you can have a style to your deadlift or your setup. Like, I think that that's important. Yes. Part of who yeah. you are, but then there's a point where you have to evaluate is that too much style is it, yeah. what's the purpose of it? Are you, is it doing more harm than good, right? Like, are you now not really putting yourself into a good position because you're trying to, you know, do something with your body? <laughs> um, it, it, that's funny, but yeah, nobody has said that yet. And I'm actually surprised because that would be probably my, one of my, what the hell was I thinking? Oh yeah. And <laughs> like to watch um, Tamara Wilcott, like, you know, she does the pacing back and forth and then she just goes up to the bar and she like screws in. And even when like Cece Holcomb pulled the weight and she was just like, you know, just yeah. like, there's just like bulls. Yeah. And I, I think to myself, I'm like, if I go out there and I do all that, I'm going to get to the bar. One, I might be drunk, who knows, but I'm going to get to the bar and I'm going to be like, okay, what, do, okay, I got to get that. And then it's going to throw me off. Right. Right. It works for them. Like it totally yes. works for them. Exactly. Like some people do it and it works for them. And I, there's this video that's circulating. Uh, and I think it's worlds like IPL worlds. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. This chick's from like, she has a yellow and black singlet. So it's SBD sponsored event, uh, yellow and black, but is the most outrageous setup you have ever seen. Oh, the, the IPF. They that just competed not too long ago. No, no, no. This is an old okay. video, maybe like five oh. years old, but it's always circulating when somebody wants to argue how like <laughs> ridiculous powerlifting can be sometimes, you know. And it's this girl, and she's going like this, like screwing it. Just imagine her legs going like this, and she's screwing in, and then she steps on the floor and screws in another, and then she goes no, and she steps back, and then she steps back in, and then she's. It's almost like this weird, very odd body movements, and she keeps doing this. Um. And then it reminds me that I'll never want to do that again because I never want to be perceived like that. I'm like, oh, it's so unnecessary. I guess like, you know, um, they, I was always told to create whatever your setup is for any lift, just do the same thing every time. Cause you get that muscle memory and it's like, it prepares your body for what you're bit. about to do. And bench is probably the one that I have changed so many times. Like I would come from the back and swing in like I was doing gymnastics or I, you know, would come from the front and swing through the back and then arch my back and climb up on the bench. And, um, 
my bench just in competition has always been a struggle. And I feel like I always thought too much about my setup. Like if I don't get my feet in the right spot and swing through and get really tight and then dig in before I do all of this, like it's going to throw me off. And so for this meet, um, maybe like two weeks before I kind of just, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get under there, get comfortable and we're just going to go for it. And I honestly think that was why my bench, like I went three for three, which I haven't done since my first meet. And Chris tells me we could have gone more aggressive, but whatever. That's hearsay. <laughs> um, but for everything I did, you know, I just kept it simple. And what is it? Ackman's razor or something. A lot of times simple is the, the best solution. And so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And yeah. it works for me. But I mean, yeah, I'm a very boring lifter to watch. So it's cool. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say you're boring because you're lifting a lot of weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's definitely fun to watch you. Um, I'm just not like, I think I have a loud singlet. That's about it. People are like, oh, that's a really loud singlet. <laughs> and, you know, we have the Smurf singlet. Yes, now. I was going to say. <laughs> and I brought mine to the meet with every intention of wearing it. And the night before the meet, so Ashley, which is another one of Chris's athletes, um, was there and we were all staying in this Airbnb and I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm going to wear the singlets the first time. And she's like, yeah, I'd just be afraid. Like what if stuff goes wrong and you're wearing the singlet and then they're never going to forget the girl wearing the cloud singlet that like threw up on the platform or like whatever happens or like passed out. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) You're so right. And with all, like every circumstance not in my favor, I'm like, I can't risk this at this point. So when I got to the beat the next day, Chris was like, no singlet. And I'm like, look, I just really wanted to make sure I was not circulating on the internet for something that I, you know, regret. And then they never forget it. So maybe next time. But listen, you did so good. Now they would have been like, you remember the girl with the Smurf singlet? You know, you just never know. And that was one that I did not feel confident about. So yeah, next time I'm just going to be like, look, this is who you are. You're loud. Just like the singlet is. I'm queen smart. Like that's, I did not call myself that just to be clear. Yeah. But, um, my husband and Chris and the team kind of dubbed that for me. That's why my belt says D Schlump Koonigan, which is German for the Queen Smurf, because is I am it? German and I studied German ah. in Germany. Um, in Germany, huh? My husband yeah. lived in Germany for a big part of his life. He was in the military. I love it. He yeah. In, he was in Launchstuhl. Launchstuhl? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, I think that was, I was in um, Tübingen, which is close to Stuttgart. So I was further south. Mm. Um, but Everywhere I went over there, it was just beautiful. So definitely that was like a big part of my life. Six months away from home for this like longest time I've ever been away from home. So um, that's why my people look at my belt and they're like, what the fuck does that say? Die. And I'm like, you know what? When he got this made for me, we didn't think this through very well. But it is what it is. I have a belt coming in and it's in Hawaiian and it says the future is female. And That's it, Yeah. And it says it in Hawaiian. So I, I never thought about it, but people are probably going to ask me that now that I think about it. 
It's a conversation piece. It is. It is. This has been fantastic. And I'm really, I'm really thankful that you actually shared all of that with me. And I know that's not something you normally share, but I think that one of the biggest things about, at least with this podcast, is that a lot of women who listen, a lot of times are training by themselves. So I have a lot of yeah. people who are like, this is really like, I don't have a lot of powerlifting women that I know. I'll know a few people here, but I'm listening in my garage or, you know, and this is a way for them to be like, hey, I have that too. And I have you know, I have to do it alone. And I don't know anybody else who also power lifts and might have Hashimoto's um, or any other autoimmune things going on, you know. Um, so I'm very thankful that you shared that with everybody today, because I think it'll be very helpful. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to reach out and say something. I hope so. I really hope so.